Are you looking for some more sustainable options to have for things that you use while you travel? Because there are options out there. And one ecopreneur who's looking to bring those other ecopreneurs who are creating these amazing sustainable products is Lisa Beeson. And she's created an online marketplace for sustainable travel accessories called Wanderlust Stuff. And we really talk about how important the story is behind creating an amazing brand and an amazing product and what it feels to be able to tell others that story when you have that amazing sustainable product. So make sure you stay tuned for this entire episode. You're here for another dose of climate positivity on the Green Business Impact Podcast. Here we highlight the amazing work of green businesses from around the world that are fighting against climate change. If you are ready to be inspired to take action, ready to hear some amazing examples of how we are working to fight the climate crisis, then stay tuned because this week's episode will be the perfect hit of climate positivity. Lisa, can you tell us about Wanderlust Stuff and what you do? Wanderlust Stuff, on the most basic level, Wanderlust Stuff is an e-commerce store that provides travel accessories made by independent makers across the globe. That's the sort of simplest explanation for it. What we do is we find makers around the world that are creating really cool, sustainable products and bags, and we bring them to our website and showcase them as an independent maker of really fantastic travel essentials. And how did you get started doing this? It's funny because this idea was born out of COVID, actually. Prior to the pandemic, I was a flight attendant for about 15 years. And travel was, of course, my life. Travel was my passion, still is my passion. And when I was furloughed along with tens of thousands of others in the industry, by about month four, I was really missing travel. And uh, in my previous life, with prior to being a flight attendant, I, had, I was in a lot of senior marketing level positions. So I already had a very marketing savvy sort of creative brain. And at this point now, here I am missing travel. And then the two sort of just connected in my head one day as this idea. And right away, I knew the name was Wanderlust Stuff. I just knew it. I just felt it in my heart that the stuff part of it was going to be just all of these makers around the world that I'd seen in all of my travels and wished that I could have brought them forward to people in my life when I got home or whatever it might be, or I would buy it and I'd hold it as a Christmas gift for me. And then when they opened the gift, I would tell them the story of how this was made here by this person. And I watched them make it. And so while I was missing travel, I brought this idea to life in the form of an e-commerce store. That's really cool. So you were out traveling and you would find different people that are in various places and find, oh, you're doing some really cool things. Do you have an example you can provide us here with somebody who did something really cool that you want to showcase? Actually, the examples I'll give you are not any of the ones I found while I was actually an active flight attendant. These are ones I found when I was actually starting to really source them because I was thinking back to the days when I would see those things. But at the time that this business wasn't in my head, so I wasn't collecting names or collecting cards or anything like that. So the research really began when the idea came to life while I was laid off from the airline. And I did about two years of research, finding some of the most incredible makers and so unique and everybody's got such a cool story to tell. So as a couple of examples of some of the bags that I carry, I have this one line that I carry from Morocco and I deal with the head maker and we talk over 
video and WhatsApp. And they take all of these recycled kiln carpets throughout Morocco, and they take them to this one village that's just outside the Atlas Mountains and the Berber people's villages, and they create these one-of-a-kind bags. Every bag's a one-of-a-kind. So they're made with recycled Moroccan carpets and natural leathers. And over email and video, we design the bags together just by taking photos and videos and me saying, yes, no, let's try that color with this. So that's a really fascinating process. And then you're seeing the villagers that work with them and stuff, whole villages have jobs from this are making living so that's just one example of one line another line i carry right here from canada is a recycled line of seatbelt bags this maker scrounges junkyards all over the country and creates these amazing and again one of a kind every bags a one of a kind it creates amazing bags made out of seat belts everything from laptop bags to knapsacks to weekender bags to crossbody bags these things seriously last a lifetime. They'll last longer than you and they're easy to take care of and easy to clean and each one's a work of art. So there's another example. I work with another maker that's based in the U.S. but has everything done in Vietnam. Beautiful couple and they use recycled military tents to make beautiful bags, right? So it's that sort of a thing and that I do a lot of research in order to find these really unique products that tell a really unique story. And do you showcase these stories on your website too? I do, yes. Every product that I carry, I do talk about what makes it cool. It's not about the bag. To me, what makes it cool is what the maker's doing, right? In order for me to sell it, I have a nine brand values that I like things to fall under. Of course, it has to be independently made, but it's either sustainably made, ethically sourced, providing jobs to villages and to artisans in villages in developing countries, or it's donating back to earth or charity. The product have to fall within those brand values in order for me to look at it, because I really want to make sure that we hold true to the mission of Wanderlust stuff, which is to help people see the world while showcasing makers from around the world that are doing good for the world and building that connectivity between people in the world of the makers and doing good and appreciation for our earth. So yeah, that's like how I got going and how I started finding the products. And now I'm very excited to say that some of them are finding me now, which is super, right? They're knowing that I exist and that I want to showcase all of these incredible makers out there. Definitely. And I really like how a lot of the ones that you mentioned, they're taking these products that are just everyday things that we're throwing away and they're just like giving them new life, bringing them into these bags and, and different products. Is it a long process for you to go through the designing something to be placed on your site or is it just your, what they have and placing it up on your site? We'll see with some, we collaborate together to design the product. With others, they're already made, right? So it really depends. A lot of these products, though, are collaborative efforts, right? So there's a lot of going back and forth and vetting. And then, of course, putting stuff up on my website is the story is just as important as the description of what their product does. So I really dedicate a lot of space on the website to showcasing the maker themselves and all the good things that they're doing in the world. And then to me, secondary is what can you use it for? And then even beyond that is what are its dimensions and all that stuff. To me, it's a, the value comes in what you're buying, the conscious shopping that you're doing. So the, I really focus on the maker primarily and then all the great things that products do. Second. That makes sense. That's the whole vibe that you're giving off your website is really to tell these are the stories and listen to these stories, how amazing these people are really making such a difference in their communities and right. into the world. So that's really awesome. And where do you hope 
wonderlust stuff goes from here. Everybody's got big plans, right? Everybody's come to fruition, but I've got aspirations to take it to a level where it becomes a platform all on its own versus me being the retailer. I'd like to take myself as the retailer out of the equation and with my marketing background, focusing my time and energy on promoting these makers through my brand, right? Versus actually being a merchant or a retailer. There's so much time that it is dedicated to being a merchant and a retailer. It's a whole other business, right? And then on top of that, you have to be e-commerce expert. You have to be a digital marketing expert. And so I'd like to get myself closer to being a destination platform where I can connect these makers to my customer base, but also to have news to travel tips and I'm moving into travel music a little bit. So I have some ideas of where I'd like to take it. I do have a goal of doing annual humanitarian trips. I've had the wonderful opportunity of doing a home build in the Dominican Republic and it was a life-changing experience. So I'd really like to bring the brand underneath actually going out there and doing good as well. So I'm just taking these little aspirations and slowly every day, just moving them forward and seeing if I can make them come to life. We all wear so many different hats as ecopreneurs on this journey, trying to make sure we're handling everything and get our brand to grow as of the best possible. So definitely I understand I'm trying to juggle so many hats and our wishes to just focus on one thing and I'm sure you'll get there. Yeah, well, you know what? Rome was not built in a day and anything that you're trying to build, you're building with love and care and my biggest piece of advice to anybody who's starting out as a 50 some year old in the e-commerce digital marketing world is please be patient with yourself and take your time. There's a tremendous amount to learn. Definitely. And for each of these products, they're each custom made that you mentioned. Do these products take a long time to create and then send to customers or what's that kind of look like? Yeah, it's quite the process from the, okay, I need more bags moment to, okay, let's design some, let's get in touch with the guys in Morocco to let's start picking these and putting the color combinations together of the repurposed Moroccan carpets and the leathers to them actually being made to them being shipped from Morocco to Canada to me then doing the photography and videography to get them on the website to actually sell them and then somebody buys it and they get shipped. That whole process can take a very long time. So I look at it as if I'm curating a bit of a quirky art museum of bags and that when you're curating and you're using all these one of a kinds, it takes a lot of patience. This isn't a business of mass consumerism. It's not a business of mass consumption. From the one end to the other, it does take a really long time, but I'm proud of that, actually. I think that it's just that step closer to all of us having a conscientious approach to what we buy and who we're buying from. It's not Amazon, but it's no. trying to get the product to the, your customer as quickly as possible one day or exactly. whatever. It's definitely more of you're making a conscious decision to purchase something that is sustainable, gives back to the local economies. It's giving back to our earth. So it's really all the other great things that you're doing take a bit longer for to get to you, but you're going to be. Absolutely. But to be able to tell the story, once you get that bag from Morocco and know that, okay, check this out. This is the village it was made in. These are the people making the bags, right? This came here from Morocco. And to then when you have that in your hands, feel that connection, that actual connection to that country, to those makers. I think the wait is worth it. Definitely. And how do you hope to see these bags be able to help individuals who purchase the bags be able to understand more about 
other cultures and traveling? I think that what I'm trying to do is we all travel. We all need bags to travel with. I can go to the luggage store, the Bentley store, and I can buy something any day. I can run into the Winners or the Target or whatever, and I can buy anything. And just like fashion, there's a lot of fast fashion out there. There's also a lot of fast travel gear out there as well. I put a lot of complimentary pieces in the products when they're shipped. The shipping experience and the unboxing experience from Wanderlust is rather delightful, and I designed it that way. I really want that experience to delight. I think the unboxing experience is the, the first time the person has the ability to touch and feel it with their own hands. I take that part very seriously and really hope to build the connection with them that way. I ensure that there's information about the maker, photos and stuff. I have little brochures that go in that really tell you the story about it. You may have read it on the website when you bought it. I want to make sure that when you have it in your hands, you get to be reminded of where this came from. And I also have some brand story stuff that I throw in there too that really helps to continuously promote this universal appreciation for the world. And that is my messaging. My messaging is always about an appreciation for the world and just bringing all of us together through conscientious shopping and thinking a little bit more of what we do and how we take care of this earth and how we take care of each other. I just hope to spark appreciation in a different yeah. way than most retail would. And do you see more and more people making more conscientious purchasing decisions? And do you think this is going to increase over time or where do you see this going? I think it's still a slow movement. I'm glad to see that it's finally a movement. I think it's a slow movement. I believe it's much more prevalent and important with the generation younger than me than unfortunately it is with the generation older than me. I think the generation that I am in as a Gen Xer, I think that we are very much within the belief of Mother Earth first and let's take care of the planet that we have. But I think that there's still a lot of people who aren't there. So I think that we're a long way from having this tipping point of conscientious shopping. But Every little bit that every person does do makes a difference. And I know within my circle of clientele that those things do matter to them. And that's why they're purchasing. And they know that they might be paying a little bit more, but they know what they're buying. They see the transparency of where it's coming from. So I think that it just, it's slowly going to keep moving that direction. And the longer we keep filling the dumps and the garbage yards full of stuff, the more we're going to look at that and we realize that there's a way to live in this world by repurposing what we've already created. Yeah, so that's what Definitely. I hope for. Yeah, I think it's just slow. I think it's it, it's just one of those slow things. It's the internet it took a while for it to become tipping point of now everybody uses it. I think conscious shopping has a long way to go, but I'm glad that it started. Yeah, definitely. Do you think there's any kind of key things that you would hope to happen that would trigger a faster movement? I think that first of all, the movement of no plastic bags in retail stores is a great move, right? I think that all companies should be utilizing recycled materials or recycled shipping. Like for example, when I ship, I don't buy boxes. Why buy? I, I, I get stuff shipped to me in boxes from my suppliers. Why throw those out? It can be recycled, but I reuse. Every piece of paper I use, I put through a shredder and that's the filler in my boxes, right? I try to keep things lean. And I think that how long will it take? I don't know, but we all can make a little bit of a difference in it. And I really see from a retail perspective, like everybody's, let's face it, in retail, most brands are moving towards sustainability. They're bringing products to the forefront that are sustainably made using recycled materials. It is happening. It is happening. And I think that it will happen faster if the retail associations put some guidelines in further to that, where 60% of whatever you use, 50% has to come from recycled materials. I think those days will come. I agree. And one of the things I noticed was we got three or four big items and they were in boxes that didn't have any styrofoam binding. They were all completely enclosed with 
cardboard just designed to where it held everything in place. So they were, it was dishes. So we got like new plates and pots and pans and bowls and things like that. So there's like fragile items that usually if you ship them, you're going to be worried about them breaking and things, but they had it all in there and we didn't have a single broken plate or anything like that. So it can be done. And I think that if we design these things with purpose and intention, then, you know, it can happen. And that was like three or four different brands that did that. And it was like, wow, this is, things are moving forward. It was a very eye-opening moment for me. I was like, oh, this is cool. And I'm glad it's also becoming a consumer expectation too, right? To see companies being thoughtful and mindful about how they package, whatever it might be, right? They're looking for those things. They are judging the value of the company based on those things, especially the millennial and younger generation. And good on them. I'm glad they have that expectation because yeah, I hate to say it, but unfortunately, a lot of the older generation has ruined a lot of our world. So I'm really glad millennials <laughs> and Gen Zs are coming up to to save the mess that was made. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And how is it, what has it been like for you to grow a community of travel lovers who are also really interested in the sustainability? What has it been like? The whole thing's been quite the journey and I'm still trying really hard to build my social community and provide as much value as I can to talk about whether it's how great these workers, these products are and where they're made, but also with travel itself and some of the things that are important, especially for female travel. So I do focus, my community really is focused on women and female travel and female solo travel. And that's just something because it's something that passionate about as a flight attendant for as many years as I was, I, of course, I was doing a lot of that's considered solo travel. And you got a layover in New York city for 24 hours and I'm going up by myself touring the city. That's solo female travel. So I really do talk to my community in a feminine way because they're women. And I do believe that some of women's travel needs are a little different than men's when it comes to products. I guess we could say we're a lot more finicky than an average guy might be about a snap sack, right? So those, all those things are taken in mind. And I really do love talking to my community. So much of what I decide to bring in, I actually get feedback first. I go to my community by email or by social and go, Hey, I found these in Mexico. What do you guys think? This is a, it's a daily made. It's this, it's that. Is this something I should carry? And I go and I get the feedback from my tribe to say, yeah, that's something good. Bring that in. So that part's really great because I love the product and brand is being built on the shoulders of my customers. I'm so fortunate the amount of people when they buy something who they're sending me pictures of them. I love once I had a customer who's from China, now lives in Vancouver, is in Morocco, very near where my Morocco bags are made, but she's got an umbrella that she bought for me from Amsterdam. And then when you hear that and it's, and then she sends me that photo and I'm like, that's the connectivity I'm talking about right? A customer from Asia who just moved to Vancouver, who went to Morocco, but has a product of mine from Amsterdam and she feels it all. And I feel it all. And then she sends me that picture and says, yes, post on social media, the connectivity we've just created. And I get that all the time from my customers. And that is such a motivating factor because you see that vision of connectivity, that feeling you see it being lived. So it's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Just having that connection all around the world in so many different countries. That's amazing. That is so cool. And where do you hope to go with the Wonderless stuff over the next six months or so? Oh, six months. Oh my goodness. That takes us to the summer. Oh, I've got a few short-term goals I need to hit. And of course, spring, I got to get my new collection on the go. Because I'm a solopreneur and I do everything, it's hard to move things quickly. When you're a one-man band, I do have some virtual assistants in Venezuela that help me. A gal in Venezuela and I have a gal 
down in the Philippines that helps me. I really love bringing on VAs from other countries, helping teach them. So I think they help me with social media and the e-com and they get to learn as well, which is super great. So, so really just getting them back on track after Christmas because we all take a little break after Christmas time and getting ready for a spring collection and just moving things forward in the next six months towards becoming that bigger platform I was telling you about and getting those trips on the go and humanitarian trips and stuff like that. Yeah, that's exciting. And uh, I'd love to ask this question just because I get lots of very different responses. And yeah. I know as ecopreneurs and solopreneurs, we're always very interested in learning new things. So what are you currently learning right now? What am I currently learning right now? Balance. I am learning balance. I spent the last two years developing this idea, going through two very intense accelerator programs, Shopify for startups as a third program. I basically got like a mini MBA in about a two year period, learning a brand new industry that I knew nothing about. So I realized that through that time, which was also through the pandemic, that I just got to this place where all I did was work and I found out what burnout looks like. And so now that I have recovered from that and realized in retrospect how easy it is to get to burnout phase. And what I'm really learning right now is balance is how to make sure you're taking care of yourself and your business. We have two businesses, so I have another business I also take care of. So it's finding that balance so that your life feels well-rounded and it's just so easy for it to become that it's hard forest for the trees, right? The next thing you know, you're working 16 hours a day, six days a week, and you don't know any different. And then all of a sudden you hit a wall and you're like, oh, this is burnout. Okay, let's not do this again. How do we do this with balance this time? So that's the focus right now. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a very important lesson for all of us to learn, especially because yes. nobody really tells you that you start doing your passion and then you realize that when you start doing your passion, it just becomes everything and you want to do it. And so you continue working. And so it might be trying to leave a different job and work and do what your passion is. And then you end up working even more just because your passion is just so passionate. It doesn't even feel like work anymore, but you still need to take time for yourself. You still need to create that balance in your life. So that's a really, really important message. And I'm glad you shared it with us here. Yeah, so thank you. Thanks. You're totally right. And it's just too easy to not see it, right? Yeah, it's just exactly. Yeah. You're in the weeds. Yeah, definitely. perpetually. Yeah. Let's just face it. That's what it is. You are going to be in the weeds perpetually every day, 24 seven for the rest of your life as an entrepreneur. It's just finding a way to figure <laughs> out what's really important, what's not, not everything needs to be done right now and not letting as I said, when I was in Mexico for the month, by about week three, I went, oh, this is what relaxation feels like. Wow. I'm like, okay, I have Zen. Okay. I'm not letting go of my Zen. No one's stealing my Zen. So I came back and I'm being extremely protective of my Zen, right? I'm like, no, I finally got to see what that felt like. And that felt really good. So let's just hold on to that. We're going to find yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. And I have just two questions left here. Yeah. And this one is just a little bit of a fun one. What was your most favorite place that you've traveled to? Oh my gosh. There's, that's so hard. The lover <laughs> of the world. I can't say that there's a favorite, like love everywhere. I love everywhere. I haven't been everywhere. I have been. Some of the ones that stand out as like really, really memorable would be here in Canada. It would be Quebec city. It feels like you've been transported to Europe in the 1500s. It's such a cool city. Just got such a flavor without having to go to Europe. So I love it there. Paris is always a lovely visit. Romantic. I'm a really big beach bum. I'm a beach bum bonafide beach bum so i really love the caribbean i lived in the caribbean for a short while as well i would say in the caribbean the most spectacular place i've ever stayed is saint lucia just they've got these piton mountains shooting at about three thousand feet out of the water it's just such a 
spectacle to see. Oh my goodness, that's just over here in North America. I want to see the whole world. Who doesn't? But those yeah. two would be my favorite. There's still, I haven't been over to Asia yet. There's still so many places there I want to see. There's a lot more in Europe I want to see. I've seen most of the Caribbean. I love all of the Caribbean islands. Gotta say, I love Jamaica. I lived in the Cayman Islands for, for a while. It's a really beautiful place too. I guess out of all of them though, I'm going to just, I'm going to toot my own backyard and say Quebec City. That's great. If anybody would like to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? On my website, there's a contact page on my website. On my Instagram, I have a link tree that allows you to subscribe. I, I do a really juicy newsletter every month, travel newsletter. People really love it. So subscribing there is really great because not only do you get the newsletter, but you get first deals on. I have a couple of sales a year. I do a lot of sample sales and stuff because I'm bringing stuff in from all over the world. So that's the way to get on to find out when there's going to be a sample sale of cool stuff from Morocco or whatever. So through the link tree is great. And of course, on the socials, Wanderlust stuff. Simple as that. Great. Lisa, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. It's been a blast having you on the it's show. Lovely. Yeah, we love being able to talk about traveling and about sustainability and connecting the world. Thank through, you. Yes, you know, thanks for having what, me, Billy. It was super fun to be a part of your show and to be a part of a greener movement. And if you enjoyed this interview with Wanderlust Stuff and Lisa Beeson and how she is creating an online marketplace to showcase some sustainable and amazing products from around the world, then I invite you to check out this interview with Planet Sense. Leslie Sheridan is creating a B to B to C marketplace meaning that they're going to have a B2B side of things where companies can source sustainable products and a B2C side of things where sustainable companies can sell their products to consumers. And she's really looking to take on Amazon, but specifically for sustainable products. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Green Business Impact Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing your weekly dose of climate positivity. In a world that constantly inundates you with the negative things happening, it can be great to take a break and hear some great things happening in the world. Make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app to stay up to date with the latest and best interviews of the top minds in the green industries. And if you are interested in launching your own podcast to make an even larger impact on the world, then look no farther than the podcasting platform that I use here to launch every single episode of Green Business Impact, Podbean. I searched through all the different podcasting platforms out there and the best choice by far was Podbean. They give you truly the best value and all the resources you need to spread your message to the world by easily connecting you to all the different podcasting networks like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of them. And they give you so many resources and opportunities to monetize it as well. So if you are on the fence about which podcasting platform to go with, make sure you check out the link in the description below to register your podcast with Podbean. Thanks again, and we can't wait to see you back here next time for another hit of Climate Positivity.